You're listening to So Much Pingle, the podcast about herpetology, field herping, and anything and everything about amphibians and reptiles. Join us each week as Mike and his guests explore the amazing world of herps across our planet. And now, bringing a half century of experience and perspective to the microphone, here's your host, Mike Pingleton. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the show. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. And here we go with episode 60, and I hope you all remain safe and healthy out there. So we're three weeks into March, and it's been kind of a frustrating week, at least herp-wise, here at So Much Pingle World Headquarters. After a nice 10 days or so of spring weather, we're, we're back into a, a February pattern, and we've had some nighttime temperatures dipping down into the 20s, for crying out loud. Uh, it's, I guess it's a curse of living in a temperate climate. Uh, but further south, you know, everyone is out having a good old time, and I am more than a little envious, and I'm sure many other weather-blocked herpers feel the same way. And before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank all of the patrons of the show. I really do appreciate your support, and as you know, there are expenses associated with any entertainment channel, and uh, you really do keep things rolling along. And if you are listening and you would like to kick in a few bucks and become a patron of the show, you can do that Easy peasy via Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash so much pingle and so much pingle is all one word. You can also make one-time contributions via PayPal or Venmo. Just just drop me an email to so much pingle at gmail.com for more details. Oh yeah, and I have uh, one more request along those lines. If you enjoy the show, uh, please take a moment to leave a rating on whatever podcatcher you use. And if you have a couple of minutes, uh, please consider posting a review. Uh, both of these actions go they go a long way to promote the show and to help new people discover the podcast. And uh, for those of you who have already done these things, thank you very much. Just a couple more housekeeping notes before we get to our guest. I want to say thanks to the folks who have responded to my request for weird slash unusual slash spooky stories from the field. And I still need a few more. So if you're sitting on something like that, uh, please get in touch. And then there's this. Uh, almost from the start of this project, I have been getting requests for either an AMA show or an origin stories episode featuring uh, me. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the term, AMA is ask me anything. I I continuously get comments about it in email and, and social media. And then I, when, when I run into people out in the field, I hear, hey, when is somebody going to interview you? Uh, you know, I've been kind of reluctant about it. I, I resisted doing this because really, you know, the show is built around the guest and not the host, uh, but I suppose it's inevitable. And it seems like many of the podcasts I listen to all end up having at least one AMA show. So, uh, and right now I'm looking at you, Jill Riles, you're the tipping point for this. So, uh, so send in your questions, uh, send in your tasteful questions and I'll get something scheduled and put together. And I've asked a friend of the show to serve as an interviewer at some point. And so I guess this thing is a thing that will happen sometime later this year. Okay, now on with the show. Back in 2019, when I was working out the details of how the show would be, I had a list of potential guests. Uh, you know, the, the no-brainer, of course I want to talk to that person list. And Noah Field's name was on that list, and my only regret is that it took so long before we got a chance to talk. Uh, if you've been living on the far side of the moon and aren't up to speed, Noah is the host of the NKF Herping channel on YouTube, and he has built up quite a following with his content. 
which takes viewers along into the field in search of amphibians and reptiles. So Noah's videos, I mean, they're entertaining, they're educational, and, and there's this undercurrent of joy to them. And I really like them. And I've watched quite a few, which is saying something since I'm an old analog guy. And of course, Noah is on all the social media platforms, and you can find links to all that in the show notes at somuchpinkle.com. Now, a number of weeks ago, I drove down to Florida, and I stopped in the Atlanta metro area. And I had a great day in the field with Noah. Uh, we had such a good time. It was harping and talking and uh, uh, just getting to know him better. And it turns out the old guy and the young guy have a lot in common. And uh, I have to say that when I was Noah's age, I did not have his herp knowledge or the forward-thinking perspective that he possesses. Uh, he's worked hard at this craft, folks. Uh, he herps and he knows things. And I appreciate that. I also got to make a guest appearance on one of his NKF herping videos as part of our day in the field. And in the late afternoon, we sat down at a park picnic table to record this interview. And man, it was such a fun day. It was a, it was kind of a chance for two content creators to collaborate. Although I think I may be getting the bigger signal boost from this mashup. So, but let's get to my conversation with Noah Fields. And uh, since it's recorded outside of the busy park, there are some wind noises and some bumps and aeroplanes and whatnot. Uh, you know, things that are difficult to remove completely, but hopefully aren't too distracting. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's March 1st, and I'm sitting at a picnic table overlooking a, a really cool lake somewhere in the Atlanta metro area. And the sun is beating down, feels pretty good out here. And my guest this afternoon is Noah Fields, or NKF Herping. Welcome to the show, Noah. Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to have you. Now, we spent uh, a really cool day here. I want to thank you for taking me around and showing me some uh, cool herps. Uh, it's Spring has just sprung here, and things are out and moving, and we, we did pretty well today. I don't remember. Yeah. I didn't count it up how many different species we got, but it was probably 13, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah. And Lots of fr uh, frogs and uh, snakes and a few lizards, so been pretty good. Decent numbers, too. Yeah. And for me, of course, the highlight, we got a nice Eastern chain king today. So, which is uh, one of the, one of the things I you know, I said, well, what do you want to find? I said, well, uh, you know, I'll take one king snake, please. And he delivered. So, uh, thank you so much for that. Shout out to the rock that produced <laughs> that beautiful king snake. Yeah. So we've had a great day today. We got a really nice red belly snake uh, that um, was just gorgeous animal. Um, and we were happy with that. We were ready to go home. Yeah. And a nice uh, red salamander, which was pretty cool. So all in all, a pretty good day. And at the end of it here, uh, we're going to uh, talk to you about what you're up to. I, I kind of want to, uh, everybody knows you as NKF Herping. Uh, you have your own YouTube channel. And it's pretty cool, actually. Uh for, even for an old guy like me who wasn't raised on YouTube, um, I really enjoy watching them. And uh, I, I want to, I have some things to say about that, but I kind of want to get into how you got started in this whole mess. I'm always interested in how people got started and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Noah. So I was born and raised in the, the greater Atlanta metro, but kind of out in the country. It's not really the country anymore, but when I was a little kid, it was very much so the country. And uh, I was exposed to, to reptiles and amphibians from a very young age, uh, thanks to my parents, who uh, are both have a very... My mom is a biology teacher and my dad is, is 
he used to be very active in the field looking for snakes when he was younger. And he still is. He gets out with me a lot, but uh, not as much as he did when he was younger. And uh, ever since I was a kid, they have both been uh, very supportive and encouraging of my interest in the outside world. And uh, because of that, it just kind of stuck to me like a piece of gum on a shoe. And <laughs> <laughs> now it's kind of blossomed into this crazy career. And uh, it's been a ride. Well, it's funny because it it's not a career that you find anywhere. No. You can't, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a very little niche thing that you're doing here. Um let's let, give me an idea how long you've been actually doing these videos. So, my if you look at my YouTube channel, it was started in 2011. Um I am very much a kid of the YouTube generation. And I grew up watching YouTube videos more so when I was uh, a younger teenager than when I was like a little kid. Um, I never had a smartphone until I was in high school. So it wasn't like I grew up with a with a phone in my hand watching videos constantly. But I definitely spent a good deal of my free time watching videos and more so watching the, the TV stars of my childhood like Steve Irwin and uh, Jeff Corwin. So since that that kind of has transitioned into to YouTube more more so than from mainstream media. Um, I just kind of saw that as the opportunity for where the where the people are watching these days. And uh, that sort of interest in in all of nature is what I try to embrace in my videos. Well you really you have your own nature show. Yeah, and that's 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 <laughs> what I like to think of it as. And yeah. And I try I try not to, to focus just on the snakes, but that is what I know the most about, even compared to other herps, and it's what I'm the best at. So a lot of times it does drift towards that, but I I really do have an interest in everything outdoors and I just enjoy being outdoors. So that's the foundation of it all, is that I'm just an outdoorsy guy. I like being outside. And here we are. Yep, we're recording. This is my first podcast I've recorded outside. This is awesome. Yeah, that's how that's how I roll. Uh, so you're starting your second decade. Yeah, and really, the the YouTube videos have have really started picking up since uh, 2019 when I kind okay. of decided that I wanted to put more effort into it. And okay. I, I know I got sidetracked from the original question, but it it definitely I would say 2019 is when I started taking it seriously and and trying to to actually make something of it. And I never, never would have dreamed that I would have actually been able to do this for a job. But, you know, I, I was very fortunate to, to have the algorithm pick me up and, and like my content. So, well, uh, you, you can't have the algorithm and pick you up unless the people pick you uh, up. This is true. So the, the, the fans are definitely yeah. the, the, the foundation of the channel. And I love interacting with people and I love seeing that my content gets people interested in, in the outdoors, especially with COVID. Um, I think that was a very, very important timing aspect. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I kind of started taking it seriously in spring of 2019. So a year into doing it, I had, um, you know, a couple thousand followers, I think on, on YouTube, which, uh, is not that many, but a lot of those people have been, have been here this whole time and shout out to those guys. They've been watching in a lot of, even some of those people have been watching since uh, since some of my older, really awful videos from 2011 era. When, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to hear more about them, but uh, I'm going to make this part one of this recording because I I just noticed that the battery is just about to run out. Okay, so we're going to call this part one, and All I'm right. going to go ahead and stop the recording. <laughs> mm.
damned aeroplanes. It's a little private jet. Coming in for a landing. Okay, so let's pick this back up. Um, we we just, before I had to change batteries, we talked about, uh, you were just going to tell me about your the first videos that you put together and uh, what those were like. So... They were rough. They were recorded on, I think, my iPhone 4 at the time, and I still record on my iPhone, and uh, that technology has come a long way, needless to say. But, uh, you know, the, the audio was terrible. Some of them are still up. I left them up just because they're they're kind of like a relic at this point. So they're still there if you want to see them. It's a lot of shorter clips and uh, my prepubescent voice squeaking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to say I was probably like maybe 14 but yeah, a lot of those videos were made when I was, those older videos were when I was like, I was literally prepubescent. I was a, a child at the time. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you look back on them now and the things you were saying and your approach to it. Oh, it's painful. Is it painful? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's endearing at the same time, but it's like, and even when I look back at my videos from 2019, it's kind of painful because it's like, you just pick up on, on so many things and just from experience and doing it, camera tricks, camera techniques. Things that are that are just like me ranting in the woods, and it doesn't really have any substance to it. There's no, there's nothing to to be. There's nothing to watch really. It's just a guy talking in the woods. Okay. And uh, I'd like to think I've gotten better about that. You know, a lot of guys talk rant in their car. I noticed there's a lot of those videos where guys sit in their car. That's and, true. That is a what, thing these I don't days. Know. That's a thing, but it <laughs> looks terrible. Um, but anyway, well, that it's just growth, right? You, yeah. It's like yeah. you're you're not just coughing stuff up you're thinking about the process and yeah. how you can improve and you do you have improved and the, so. the the goal is for these videos primarily to be enjoyed by herpers like i i try to provide the i guess and on that same note herpers are not the majority of my viewership no really a very small percentage um but I, I try to make the videos with with herpers in mind because I feel like if if someone who does this regularly can enjoy watching me go out and find common snakes, then maybe someone who doesn't know that these snakes are common and sees like a ringneck, they're very striking snakes. But for us, they're a daily occurrence. Um, but for people who who don't know anything about snakes, they're a striking animal. And that type of realization that, wow, even these very common snakes are striking is kind of how you can hook people into interest. Yeah. Um, Especially if you turn a ring neck over. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, I know a lot of uh, my friends watch them and I, I watch them and I, um, I can't claim I've seen them all because I just don't have that much time. But yeah. I have seen I have seen them over the years. And I, I sat down, I knew I was going to be talking to you and I, I sat down and I watched a couple of your most recent ones and- uh, I'm I'm just struck by um, how smooth they are. Your delivery is very smooth, and the videos have a beginning, uh, a middle, and an end. And, you know, and uh, you stitch all this stuff together. And I love this this one I was watching. You know, it's like your your the first opening video video is a shot of your alarm clock. It's like four 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 in the morning or something. And and uh, so it's an open shot. It's like oh, everybody that's Never had to get up early to, to go herping is has a uh, identifies with that yep. right away. But yep. but but you're like all perky and you're ready to go. So it's herping time. So I uh, will say that to the to the note of the beginning, middle, and end, there is one person that is very really single handedly responsible for that approach, and it's uh, Casey Neistat. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. 
Um, uh, no, he I makes YouTube videos. I know the name, but I, I'm not familiar with him. And he he makes very simple content, it really very similar to what I do, but without the snakes. He just makes vlogs where he, he walks around. He's from, or at least he got the majority of his following while he was living in New York City. And he he makes these videos where he's just walking around New York City talking to people, and he makes it incredibly interesting as someone who has no interest in go, even going to New York City. No. So I took that principle and thought about I thought about it a lot. I was like, there's so many people out there who have these channels that are very niche, but at the same time, their delivery makes it to where that someone who's not very interested in that niche can still watch it and enjoy it. So yeah. you, you, it pulls it pulls you in, right? And it's it's very much so that that three act narrative, I think, format that helps with that. Our friend just took off again. Oh, we have a red-tailed hawk. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> he's watching us. Watching us. So he's he's gone across the lake. He's gone now, across but... the lake now. Okay. Yeah. So you, you can learn from others. I, yeah. you know, it's that was a big inspiration yeah. for me, though. Okay. And I, I think if anyone else is interested in in trying to make videos of any kind, to check out Casey's channel because it's it was very helpful and inspiring for me. What was his last name again? Nystat. Nystat. Casey Nystat. He's a huge channel. Like. You can't miss him if you just okay. type in type in Casey on YouTube, it'll pop up. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. Well, and and it's funny, you don't necessarily need a, another herper to learn from. You can learn exactly. from anyone. So especially on YouTube where where the snakes are what I, I knew before I got into it. So obviously I, I learn something new every day about snakes. Yeah. But I feel like I've I've learned a lot more about YouTube and making videos and filmmaking even, even though I don't, I don't want to sound pretentious and say that I make films, but <laughs> I get you. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's the same principles. You're not, that you're not running around going, I am an artiste. I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Would you okay. like to check out my films about reptiles and amphibians? My films. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I'm what, you know, you, you say you, a lot of people that are watching these are, are sort of new to this. Yeah, and it's... And do you interact with them? I mean, you know, obviously YouTube, people can leave comments and yeah. things. So do you have like this this uh, back and forth between these people? And yeah, what happens? So whenever I have... Obviously, I get a lot of comments and stuff, so I don't, I don't have the time to respond to everything, nor can I respond to everything, because I get a lot of people that, that just don't understand that I can't tell them where, I, where this video was filmed. Oh, um, okay, yeah. And that's a lot of the comments, really. I get a lot of comments asking where I am and, and stuff like that. But whenever I get questions like people asking, you know, how, how I can find snakes on, on my own, and I even try to make videos specifically catered to helping people learn yeah. to herp responsibly and productively. Um, and that's something I'm very interested in doing more of in the future, I, I think that would be a really good way to interact with with the viewers who are interested in herping. And I think a lot of the people that watch them are just, they think it's cool. They think it's cool to watch and they don't have any interest to get into it necessarily. They just like watching but it. But they like watching it. It's just like another channel on the, on your television. Exactly. Right? You know, when you talk about people who just view it as entertainment, they may never actually try to do it themselves. Yeah. But they're willing to watch you do it. I think I think that's amazing. And really what I want to encourage more than anything is for people, especially younger people, to just do what I did when I was a kid instead of sticking your face in a screen, which I guess is kind of hypocritical since we're talking about a YouTube channel here. But <laughs> Kind of cutting whenever, off your nose to spite your face. <laughs> yeah, So, but whenever I watch YouTube videos about herping, I get so hyped up to go on my next trip. Like uh, watching, watching other YouTubers 
that make herping videos, like um, Kyle Elmore, for example. Yeah. I watched one of his, his newest video last night, and uh, I was up a lot later than I should have been watching it. So, <laughs> But it, it, it gets you hyped up, and it, yeah. you learn things from it, just seeing seeing people do this on a daily basis. I, I also like my friend uh, Rob Kreitzer's Oh, yeah, of videos, course. Of course. Smet Logic is, is <laughs> probably the OG. He is the OG. The OG. And he is as chill and casual about it. Uh, his approach to it is just, um, to me, it's amazing. It, it, if you know Rob, he's, he's a chill and casual guy. Yeah. And somehow that all gets put in a little video. <laughs> every, every bit of his chillness his and His personality is very imbued very, in his channel. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. Imbued is a good word because it's exactly right. So, so another person that everybody can kind of learn from. Yep. You know. Yeah. And, and I have watched other herping videos um some are not quite what i uh, uh, let's say they don't, they they don't hold my approach. attention yeah <laughs> they don't hold my attention i, I watch some where the it seems to be all about the host yeah um very host centered uh which kind of turns me off in a way but I, I like yours because yours is sort of outward directing at what you're finding um uh, it's a little story about what what it is why it's cool yep uh, like we we got a a really nice orangey red belly snake today, yep. big one, and and so, so of course you do a little segment with that, and you know why is it cool? It's big. Why is it cool? It's orange. Why is it cool? We got to see it. You know, so there's this this you're telling a little story. Hey, that's our buddy uh, Joe uh, Joe Walt Joe Walton. Shout yeah. out Joe Walt. Hey, Joe Walton just drove by. Good to see you today, Joe. <laughs> uh, just a, a casual a herper we ran into today. Joe Walton drove by. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to give him a shout out on the show anyway because uh, we had a little chat. But anyway, you know, it's not directed at you. It's directed why the animal's cool. It, yeah. You know, you don't run on and on and on. You stop, and then you, the next segment is who knows. Depends on what we find. So I kind of like that too. That there's a randomness to yeah. your your episodes. We don't know what's next. Exactly. Um, it's not scripted. Um, it's not shot afterwards when the sum total of what the day was is known. We have no idea. It could yep. be a crappy day. And I think that's what captures a lot of people's attention because it's kind of like, especially the flipping videos. It's like opening Christmas presents or Pokemon cards. You never know what's coming, and it could be something that makes your your life, <laughs> or it could be could be nothing at all you could get skunked and a lot of i this is a good point to mention that i have many days where i go out with the intent to film a video and uh come home with with no video whatsoever not necessarily meaning that it was a bad day but there's a lot of thought that has to go into whether or not the the stuff that i filmed that day could flow with what i'm doing the next day okay so you might combine them yeah well a lot it's all it's very hard to get one whole video you know, a 15 to 25 minute video in one day of herping because okay. snakes can be such a royal pain to find. <laughs> yeah. Not right. every, not every day is Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> but it's definitely a day to day thing, whether or not I'm going to be, you know, putting like for today, for example, it'll be going with the last day I got out in the field, which was a rather short day. And, uh, I try to keep it relatively chronological. Okay. That makes sense. And, and I, I don't think your viewers care that you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, they, they want the, the flow from one herp to the next, and then you tie it all up 
sometimes you tie it in the middle. Sometimes you, you know, you say, well, you know, we're going to, I'm going to go to another spot. We're going to try to press on or we're going to try something different. So, so you're always kind of bringing it back to what's going on yeah. in the field. It's not just everything like, uh, you know, Christmas morning where you're looking, you're shooting every present. You're also trying to stitch it together yep. so that it makes sense. So. That being said, there are a lot of, a lot of days that are like Christmas morning and those are the best, the best videos in my <laughs> opinion, because it's just nonstop flipping and, and it's just, it, those are the, those are the videos that perform the best. Those are the videos that I have the most fun rewatching because it's just, it's endless snakes and there's lots of, there's not a lot of places where you can just go out and see that many snakes in a day that you can make a 30 minute video. And, uh, those places are very special. And I think that's why this works so well for me because those days are what I want to be doing. And those days are what works the best. Yeah. So you say snakes, you've said snakes several times, but you know, it's not just all snakes. Either. Exactly. You're, you're also, uh, taking video of, you know, it could be just a little brown blob of a salamander. You're still getting some video and talking yep. about it a little bit. Yeah, so. and I think that's important that that everyone understands that just because snakes are what I like the most doesn't mean that I don't love all the other herps and really yeah. everything else in the environment. It's just snakes just happen to be what I'm naturally drawn to the most. Even in the winter, sometimes that, that starts to give way into salamanders. <laughs> so <laughs> You have to make do sometimes. And it's, it's not because I'm making do necessarily. It's just when it's, when it's winter and there's not, you know, as many snakes to be found, I would rather go walk around in the woods on a rainy night when I'm surrounded by hundreds and thousands of calling, you know, upland chorus frogs oh, or, yeah. and spotted salamanders swimming around my feet. It's, it's the same experience in terms of enjoyment for me, uh, even if those videos don't make for the most entertaining content. But that being said, there are still plenty of people that love those videos. I'll bet I, there are. And I think those people are kind of the people that are my most loyal viewers because really? they like, you know, there's a lot of people that just want to see me get bit by something venomous. <laughs> like there's plenty of channels where you can go watch someone get bit by something venomous. Mine is not oh, one of them. Oh yeah. Um, plenty of screwballs out there. But... I think those people that can just enjoy a peaceful walk in the woods and finding little brown salamanders are the people that, that get the most from my content. Okay. And is there a video that above all the others gets the most comments or the most traffic? Yeah. <laughs> so the video I filmed with Armin and Brennan in Louisiana, ah. by far the most, it makes the most views per week still to this day. Almost. And, uh, you know, if I'm having a really good week and I'm putting out three videos in a week, that'll change for a week or two. But it just keeps coming back to that same video. And uh, there's also been there's been plenty of other videos that have done really well and that people have interacted with a lot. And I think generally they're the flipping videos okay. because it's just such a weird concept. To is is that what the, the one with Armin and, and Brennan? Yeah. Was that a, so uh, it was it was mostly flipping. You know, we before, did, you, before you get started, on this, I want to say that Brennan Landry and. And Armin Meyer, two buddies, they live in Louisiana. If Louisiana had the title of prince, these guys would be princes. Yep. Uh, they're just super guys, all around good dudes. So anyway. Some of the nicest and hardest working field herpers you will meet. Yes, anywhere. indeed, indeed. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> what, were we, what were we talking about? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, the videos flipping. that have done, yeah. the, done the best. Um, yeah, generally the flipping videos, people, I think it's just that they get the most comments because I think people just don't understand why we're digging through trash in the woods, why there's, ah. why there is trash in the woods and why we want there to be more trash in the woods instead of less. 
this this is tough. It's it's tough to explain. It? It's it, it's also it, it's also this dilemma for us. We don't want trash in the woods, no. and yet we yet do. we do. <laughs> but there, I it's, think it's the right very, kind of trash exactly. that we want. We don't want your garbage bags. Yes, we want your roofing tent. We want your roof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I think that's a very important distinction to make because there's a there's a difference between dumping your junk in the woods and, and creating flip spots. Most of the, like a, a flip spot that has like roofing tin comes from the fact that there was an old house. It fell down. The woods grew up around it and it fell down and then there's t- roofing tin around. And so you might spread it around a little bit. <laughs> it but, might move a little bit. But... But it was part of the landscape, and exactly. you just making it uh, into something else. And another thing people don't seem to realize is that these buildings are everywhere. There, there are tons of abandoned structures in the woods. Pretty much any any state you go to, some definitely some have more than others. Like Louisiana, with exactly. Katrina left a lot of exactly, and even South Georgia, like North Georgia, there's not that much. But if you go down to South Georgia, you can just drive down any random back road, and you will see ten on the on the shoulder of the road. And it's just, there's definitely places where there's more and places yeah. where that's tougher. But Illinois, is, Illinois, Northern Illinois is tough. Everybody's neat and tidy. Yeah. Up there. And that's kind of how it is around here where we're yeah. sitting today in the metro Atlanta area. People try to keep things clean and presentable. Yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. So, you know, I'm still going back, but it's kind of rolling around in my head how long you've been doing this. And are the same people who followed you? In 2011, the same people that follow you today is it? A, is there a different uh, really demographic to your to your audience now? I don't know because I can't remember how many subscribers I had when I. I'm sure I could go back and look this up somehow, but I can't remember how many subscribers I had back in say 20 2014 after I'd been you know uploading videos for a couple of years, but not really taking it seriously or trying to post regular content right so I, I don't really know if anyone watching my channel has been around since 2011 if you have <laughs> feel free to let me know <laughs> and uh that is really awesome especially <laughs> considering awesome. how rough some of that earlier content was but yeah. it's weird because i think most people that that end up doing youtube kind of start over rather than just picking up from where they left off when they were 12 years old <laughs> but okay well, you, you know, you learn as you go and you yeah. learn as you as you get older. And there are many, many year gaps in that time frame where I never uploaded a video. Oh, and just, okay. You know, I, I didn't feel like it. or, And I still don't like being on camera. It's just very uncomfortable for me. So ah. that was especially difficult for me when I was younger. And I started the channel, you know, with the same aspirations I have today to make videos that, that people enjoy. And uh, I just, you know, when I was... However old I was in 2011, I was not capable of doing that. <laughs> Just, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And people sometimes will ask me why I don't do like, you know, a YouTube podcast. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I really don't want to be on video, number one. Number two, I don't want to deal with all of the video, Extra. all the engineering that yeah. goes with that. Audio engineering is tough enough, so I kind of get where you're you're coming from here. Yeah. And it, it's, it was a lot, it's a lot of work now and it would have been even more back then. Uh, especially considering technology has improved so much and made this so much more streamlined, and you can you get good results from your phone, which is yeah. amazing. And that, that that was also something I kind of picked up from Casey Neistat. He's he's very uh, adamant that you don't need a several thousand dollar camera rig to do content creation. Yeah, and I I believe that is very true. 
Because he shoots with an iPhone too, or well, some he, kind of phone. He has all sorts of camera gear, but when he started, he was shooting with you know whatever that back before everyone had a camera phone in their pocket. Right. He was making home movies with you know camcorders and stuff okay like that. But he does he uses multiple cameras, and when he's out and he doesn't have his camera, he will film bits on his phone in his mm-hmm. videos that he posts to this day. Okay. Well, it's interesting that when I look at it from my perspective, and it, it was. It was tough for me to sort of get, wrap my head around YouTube because it's just not a generational thing. My generation, yeah. it was you read a book, you take a picture. I mean, a film picture. Uh, you have to wait <laughs> you for know. it to get developed. And if you listen to my, my chat with John Sullivan, we talked about, you know, coming around and becoming digital and using digital cameras and, and moving, you know, putting things on the web and, and the internet and sort of changing for that. But I think that I could do all of that, but coming up to speed and, and changing over to YouTube, I just I just didn't do it. Yeah. So I, I've had to kind of struggle with it, but it, for a while there, it, it was hard for me to sit down and, and watch them, but I was taking the wrong approach. I wasn't watching them. I was trying to like, I shall now sit down and watch a YouTube <laughs> video. You know, I was taking that approach and then yeah. five minutes in, I'm like, okay, I need a cup of coffee or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I, I would, I didn't have the right attention span, but now I, I kind of realize that you watch it you over watch your it. cup of coffee. You watch, you know, you, you watch it while you're doing this or doing that, or you're, you know, you, not when you're driving to work, don't watch videos when you drive to exactly. work, people. Uh, <laughs> you listen to podcasts when you drive. You, so much you know. pingle on the way to work, <laughs> NKF herping at work. There you go. So you have to learn, I had to learn when it's appropriate or when the best way to do that was. So it's, it's kind of a foreign thing for me. So I, I've had a little trouble with it, but I, I assume a big chunk of your demographic are the kids. So the kids are they're you know, they born with a phone in their hand and it's no big deal to them. According know. to YouTube, a big, my biggest demographic is 18 to 24 year olds. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. But YouTube right. is also very weird about children because they have a bunch of things they have to abide by because of child yeah, labor laws and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, Not I, only child labor laws, but child protection yeah, and too. And weird right? people, yeah. yeah, people being weird on the internet, which yeah. there's way too yeah. many of, obviously. Um, I, I'm by no means an expert on any of that, though, so I don't know the intricate details okay. of how it impacts my audience. But there's definitely a lot of younger people who are watching my videos too, even if YouTube's not saying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. When you go out and when you go out to sh- to do a show. Do you have, you know, when you roll over and you look at the clock and it's 4.44 in the morning, I mean, do you kind of have an idea of, of how how you're going to try? Uh, you know, it's one thing to go, get up and go herping, but now you have this element of I have to, or I'm going to put, put together a, a, a film of what we did. So is that kind of in the forefront of your mind, even when you roll over in the bed in the morning? It kind of is, and it really depends on what time of year. Like in the spring, good content is right outside the door and okay. it's it's very easy this time of year from now until maybe even early june to just i'd say between now and early may maybe it's very easy for me to wake up it's easy for me to sleep in sometimes and wake up and and go not only have fun but make an entertaining video it yeah. becomes really hard during the summer and winter when conditions are a lot more important so yeah. i kind of have to sit around and do a lot of thumb twiddling waiting for an opportunity that I can actually get out and make an entertaining video during the summer. And I'm herping a lot more than my channel implies that I am because I'm doing a lot of road cruising. Uh, yeah. But that doesn't make for the best content or really even entertaining content. At least personally, I hate making road cruising videos. I, and 
I, I, that's why I try whenever I'm doing a lot of road cruising to also include some tin flipping at the beginning or a hike at the end or okay. just something to spice to spice it up because generally yeah. the things that come the easiest and are the most fun are making the best content too. Um, okay. So I generally when I wake up in the morning, I I planned what I was going to do the night before and I've kind of I try to t- kind of take it on a week by week basis. So Sunday night I'll kind of think. I'll look at the weather and see where I want to go. And then if I have any trips planned months ahead, then I'm on the trip and I have to get my videos edited so that they can go up while I'm on the trip. What's the farthest you've gone, I mean, from here in Georgia to to do a a video? I mean, not necessarily to do the video, but where's the farthest you've gone herping that showed up on a video? I would say it's probably Arizona. I mean, I haven't, haven't really gone anywhere crazy because really since COVID kind of... COVID's really bit everyone in the ass in yeah. terms of and I, you know, I creative had, <laughs> ability. <laughs> and it, at the same time, I feel like it helped me a lot because everyone's sitting at home doing nothing for most of 2020. Yeah, I, I banged out 42 shows during COVID, but I, I'm not going to get 42 shows in season two because, yeah, yeah it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not over. Yeah, but, you know. but people are acting like it's over and yeah. I'm back at work. and Yeah, and I'm back herping and, you know, so everybody's got less time so yeah so it's sort of the same thing it just knocked everybody back and everybody and nobody knew what to do or how this was going to end or you know so now you're kind of getting your feet back under you with this yeah and still the idea of international travel with covid is very intimidating um, because everywhere has their own way they're handling this still that's true and i I can speak from personal experience yeah uh, but during COVID, I took a lot of road trips and, and just like during the, when everything was really quiet, I took advantage of that. And, you know, I was, I was obviously trying to be as safe as I could and I didn't contract COVID while I was, you know, out yeah, good. doing that. I contracted it eventually, but yeah, well, <laughs> most of us have. Yeah. Thank goodness there's a vaccine. So, yeah. You know, we can ride it out. Uh, so do you have goals for like, oh, I really want to go herping. And let's leave the show aside for a second. Yeah. Where would you like to go? What, uh, what's on your mind? My my biggest international destination, um, my girlfriend is from South Africa. And oh. I would love to go over there and meet her family. And, uh, well, I've met a lot of them, but meet the rest of them. And uh, herp in South Africa, too, because they've got some incredible diversity. And uh, another place to tie up is Japan. Really? I want to see okay. those big salamanders, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've got some cool stuff. They've got all sorts of cool stuff. Really underrated. Frogs and rat snakes and vipers and all manner, all the good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) They've got it. And uh, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of international attention. Not for herping. And I just talked to my friend Susan Myers about, uh, she's a a birder and she does bird guide tours to Japan. Yeah. That's uh, that sounded pretty interesting to go over in these, you know, beautiful situations and see these, you know, elegant cranes and other beautiful birds and then, you know, enjoy the, the culture of Japan and the food yeah. of Japan and all that, you know, and all it, sounds good to me. So. Really, that's one of my favorite things about herping is that you not only get to go see the new reptiles and amphibians you've never seen before in these exotic places, but you get to see the bugs and the birds and yeah. the ecosystems. Even yeah. in Georgia, there are ecosystems that I haven't seen in a you know, I seek them out to just go see what that environment's like. Yeah. And so you, you can't get on your videos and, and not know. You've got to know something about the landscape. You've got to know something about not just the 
you know, the salamander you found, but you, you've got to know a little bit about what's going on with uh, the place you're at and why these animals yeah. are here or something like that. So you, you, you do have to do your homework. You, you have Definitely. to become a better herper and a more informed herper to, to do that, right? And there has been plenty of times in my videos where I'm traveling somewhere and I find something and I'm like, I'll have to label this later because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what it is. Yeah. And well, uh, there's no shame in that. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that just... You have to do it more and more and more until you pick up on those identification tricks for the little brown salamanders. and Or the big ones in or, Japan. Yeah, or the big <laughs> ones. <laughs> well, that sounds like it would be a fun, that would be a fun video to make. Um, Australia is also Several videos there. too, right? Yeah, you, I mean. You would do, you, you could do it, uh, break it up a little bit if you were over there for a couple of weeks or something. And really, I just, the fun of it for me is, is exploring these new places. And, uh. So going over there with intent to just see a giant salamander would, wouldn't really be the type of video that I do on my channel very often. So I would try to incorporate that into yeah my first field herping experience in Japan. And like, what, how does it compare to the U.S.? I'm going to flip this rock. Will there be anything under it in Japan? No, yeah. but there's J Japanese millipedes under it that look <laughs> a lot different. Yeah. And that's just as cool yeah. to me. Or, you know, look at the temple over there or, you exactly. know, whatever. And, and that, that, that's where it would get kind of tough because Japan is such a cool place culturally, too. Yeah. It's like, I want to go to Tokyo, but I also want to go up in the mountains. Yeah, exactly. In Australia, of course, everybody wants to go to Australia. Yep. So. Don't even really need to say that one. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Europe's yeah. big for me, too, though. I'm, I'm a, really fascinated with the vipera and the rat snakes over there. And the salamanders. They've got fantastic salamander diversity. They do, and um, I, you know, one of these days I'd like to get see some of the fire salamanders. Oh yeah, we just saw some uh, spotted salamander eggs today, which is that got my juices going a little bit. It's always good to see those. So definitely. So in terms of the United States, you've been to you've I know you've done West Texas and you've done Arizona and yep. uh, of course Georgia and uh, probably Florida. I think yeah, a lot I of Florida. Some of those videos, and then uh, you also you came up to the Snake Road area. Yeah, or Southern Illinois and yep. uh, that kind of stuff. Where else have and you I've, been? I've been, I've done a, at least a little, I've gotten my feet wet, wet in most of the states in the Southeast and Midwest, the lower Midwest at least. Um, I still need to do all the Great Lakes stuff. That's pretty high okay. on my, my, my within the U.S. to-do list. And I've never even been to California. So that's Ooh. kind of, kind of a sin at this point to have been herping for this long and have never been to California. So I'm going to try to remedy that soon. And uh, really all of the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of cool stuff there that uh, it's a completely alien environment to me. It would be just as alien as going to another country. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing that as soon as possible. Lots of garter snakes. And I love me some colorful <laughs> garter snakes. Yeah. Lots of salamanders. So there's really cool salamanders. Yeah. Big ones. If you, uh, if you try to look into the, into the future, I mean, do you, do you see you're, you're just going to keep rolling with this? I'd love project. to. I'd love to roll with it as long as I can and see see how far we can take it. See if I can get internationally in. And I know I have a, a decent amount of international viewership, so shout out to all those people. Um, and That's I, cool. I, I would absolutely love to visit your country one day and uh, comment about it. Tell me. <laughs> Everywhere outside of the U.S. is interesting to me. Do you think South Africa might be your first place? Pro probably. Okay. And I have been to Costa Rica, but that was 
before that was in that weird gap of time where I didn't really make any videos. So there's, ah. there's not only no bad videos, there's just no videos. Okay. <laughs> so I see. Okay. So maybe you'll have to go back to Costa Rica. Yeah, too. I'd love to. And that's a pretty quick and easy trip too. So <sighs> one of these days still haven't been really? there. No. No. Well, you're going to Peru and finding Bushmasters over and over again. I know. I keep getting sidetracked in other things. So uh, it's but, hard to it's hard to pull yourself away from the Bushmasters. Um, yeah, and and people want to see them. Um, I was down there three weeks ago, and we got a Bushmaster. Uh, Marissa got a Bushmaster, and uh, uh, Matt is back down there with a second group this week, and they got two Bushmasters. So Ooh. the Bushmasters are out and about everywhere. So. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's a trip you. There could are do bushmasters in Costa Rica. Yeah, they're harder to find though. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I'd like to see that one. Yep, yeah. as would I. Yeah, be kind of tough, but uh, I'd give it a shot. I was in range of them when I was there. Were you? Yeah, I don't think we were in the right habitat, but we were in secondary rainforest, and they're primary boys. Okay. I at least that's from my understanding. So. Okay. What did you find there that was cool? We saw some really cool stuff. Uh, ben Stiginga found a honest seven foot muserana and that was one of the most impressive snakes i've ever held it's like a a tantilla and an indigo combined (laughs) they're so cool (laughs) that's a good that's a good description we saw a lot of cool stuff though and and like i said it just seeing the the different just seeing a rainforest was awesome yeah so but yeah we, we we did really good with with a lot of the more common stuff i really wouldn't even know what the rarest thing we found was because i don't know rarity is a relative thing for me so it's hard to say how rare something is without doing it multiple times over and yeah, over again to exactly. find out. Yeah, you know, Your first trip, it's like, well, it was right here. We got two Muserana's the first trip, actually. Did you? Yeah. Oh. A small one, too. Okay. I just saw my first one this year. How big was it? Eight feet. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remember seeing the pictures of that yeah, one. So. That was a monster. Yeah. It's and insane how big they hit. It's a, it's a good thing that thing didn't want to bite because... They're uh, scary. Yeah. <laughs> And if you've ever seen a captive one's feeding response, it's... Yeah, they're no joke. No. <laughs> it doesn't match their cute face. They have a very yeah, a very baby face. Tantilla-looking <laughs> face. Little yeah. beady eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, but wow. They're, pop- they're impressive. You get a snake that big, it, it's got muscles where other snakes don't have muscles. No. You know? It feels like an indigo. Like yeah. holding it. It's just it's like holding an indigo. Yeah, exactly. Well, it sounds like, and I'm sure some of your, uh, if some of the folks that follow you are listening to this, they're like, yeah, yeah, go there, go there, go there. <laughs> you know, they want, they want to see videos yeah. from that place. And, and you have people that support your show. Yes. Just I've like people a, support my show, right? So yeah, there, I've got a fantastic group of patrons. Shout out to the patrons Yeah, that are, that are supporting me on Patreon and, and everyone who, who's been watching for a long time and has been around since the 2011 days, if there's anyone out there, of course. We've talked about this earlier, but I know it feels weird to have people support you. Yeah. It's like, well, number one, everybody has some degree of what they call imposter syndrome. Yeah. Why would you ever want to, you know, watch me or or listen to me or whatever, (laughs) or read my book or whatever. But it takes a little while to get past that. And, but, but you are providing an entertainment channel. So, yeah, and I'd like to think uh, I'm providing an education channel, too, primarily, right. more than yeah. anything. Yeah, and um, you've, you've got a message in there. Or you're, you're, you're not just saying, oh, look, shiny. Yeah. There's a lot of that, that, though. There's, there's no well, shame in being attracted to the shiny right. things. But, but, but you're also yeah. talking about it. The broad scale. On the broad scale, yeah. So you are an entertainment and educational channel. So there's no, you know, there's no shame in having people supporting you for that. Yeah. 
And I'm very grateful for it as well. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Twelve year old two thousand eleven me never would have never would have guessed that yeah. that I would be doing this right now. Yeah. So Okay. Looking forward and what you wonder what uh twenty yeah, another <laughs> twenty thirty two you will be doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hard to even think about, isn't it? Yeah. Especially yeah. these days. Yeah, and I don't know where we go from here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean I hate to sound like an old guy, but it's like the things we do now and the channel entertainment channels we have now we even a lot of that you know youtube was not really an entertainment channel like it is now it was something else but it it has turned into mainstream media almost it's yes, moved into almost, the mainstream you know, i mean we uh, my wife and i watch our television shows o- over the youtube channel so it's turned into something completely different than when it first came out it was like you know people you know, taking videos of their dog or their cat or somebody getting hit in the crotch with a ball or, you know, that kind of stuff. Or and we love that stuff. It's still around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep throwing those snowballs. Folks. We, we like that stuff and we, we like your cat videos. But that it's sort of that's where it came from, you know, yeah. this, this sort of world's funniest videos approach. Yeah, like America's funniest home videos, but yeah, but you can submit your own to the world without being filtered necessarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. So it's it's kind of different, and and I don't know where we'll be in ten years with with this going. Kind of... We'll be living in the metaverse. <laughs> I can take people on virtual herping tours. Well, I mean, what do you think about? It? Do you think that's that's somewhere you end up going? I don't I don't know because I would be different if I had a big chunk of private land that I could make for my tour spot. Yeah, and at least in the U.S. with with how how fragmented our habitat has become and and just the bleak outlook for the environment in general, I feel like excessive tourism is the last thing we need Yeah, here. And uh, so I personally, I've thought about it. I've had people approach me about it. And it just, at least with my ethos, it, it doesn't sit right. So okay. personally, I, I don't think that's something I'll ever be doing, at least until I have, you know, I would love to have a big chunk of private property that I can set up for taking people out. Um, so maybe further down the road, that would be something I would love to do, okay. but we're not there yet. No, no. And I, I, I couldn't do it here. So I ended up doing it in Peru. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, that's yeah. ideal. Cause you get to, you get to support the local economy a little bit yeah. and yeah. Peru is one thing too. Cause you can't just go out there as an individual person to, to the areas y'all go to. Right. It's, it's very hard. Yeah. It, it's involved and it's, it's very difficult. And the thing that a lot of people don't realize is a lot of, at least the people that want me to take them on a tour in Georgia is that you can take yourself on a tour. Yeah. There's, that's what I want. That's what I want to encourage. I want to encourage people to explore, not to rely on other people to discover things. Cause well, really we are in a beautiful, I don't know how many acres, thousands of acres sized, park here near land. metro atlanta it's public land you can come out here there's plenty of people out here hiking around yep. you and i are i think the only two herpers out here today unless we count joe walton but uh, you can come out here and do this it's your land folks yeah. come on out and go herping and and don't be afraid to to talk to your friends and family and people you know and ask if you can access their land because getting on the private property is like it's the gold mine of field herping if you can get access to private property so yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to to people you know and even complete strangers and and just ask. Yeah, I I, I travel a lot, so it, it's different now. But back in the day when I did a lot of harping around my own state of Illinois, yeah, and would 
knock on the door and say, yep. "Hey, I, I like, I like snakes." <laughs> uh, you know, I'd say, you know, "Hey, I, I like photographing snakes and." Frogs and I couldn't and help but notice and, you have a lot of trash. Yeah, <laughs> could help but notice that your 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 uh, habits are <laughs> somewhat skewed in my favor. <laughs> God bless and, and him, man. Only twice, <laughs> yeah. Can I, yeah. Only twice can I remember people saying, "Absolutely not." Most of the time, like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And then you have a little conversation, and then talk about the. They give you their snake story, and you give them a snake story, and they tell yep. you to take every snake you see, and you say, "Yeah, I'll do that." And then you leave every snake right where you found it, but you take some cool pictures, and you see your snakes. So. Y'all see any snakes? Just one. Just one. It was a little one. <laughs> a little brown snake. Yeah, we let it. We turned it back. But yeah, I mean, so you know, if you're willing to have a little conversation with yeah. people, they'll let you. They'll let you go and look at their their trash pile. And in so. all seriousness, a lot of times the people that that will allow you onto their land are nice people that are yeah. that are going to be open to learning too. So it's really a great opportunity for some direct yeah. hands-on education uh, for people you, that might you have not. to be a little sneaky. You can't be that guy. You know, you can't be that. You can't be the venomous. Versus poisonous guy. Yeah, the, exactly. You have to, you can't be the actually Just guy. Just be polite. You have to be polite and say. And a lot of times, this is actually something I talked to someone about recently because they were, they were intimidated by the idea of approaching a house and knocking on the door. And I said, I'm also intimidated by that. It's terrifying. So generally what I like to do is I like to, to only really bother with landowners that are already outside working in their yard. Oh, yeah. Because you don't yeah. feel like you're interrupting. That's true. That's a good point. So yeah. most of the time, if I if I see private property that I think would be good to access, I try to uh, to find places where there's people out working in their yard. So I'm not just knocking on their door on any given Sunday. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. I never really thought about that until recently. But yeah, and if it's the fine spring day like today, chances are people someone are... will be mowing. People love more than anything in the yeah. world to mow their lawn on weekends in March. <laughs> Which is coincidentally yeah. when you want to be digging through the trash in their yard. <laughs> yeah. It always comes back to trash and, and uh I don't know what we do without it. But one of the one of the things about being in the state park is, you know, you there's there's a lot of different herbs here today. We we got yeah. m- at least more than a dozen, but you know, we we did open areas, we did some wooded areas, we walked down by the, the, the big creek and some little streams. So there's lots of little microhabitats here yeah. and it it gives you so many possibilities. You know, if you're bringing your eight-year-old out here, uh, there's plenty of opportunity to f- see a, a frog or a salamander. Yeah, and um, and not even in state parks like your neighborhood nature preserve. A lot yeah. of a lot of neighborhoods have small nature preserves, and just because you're, even Piedmont Park in downtown Atlanta has snakes, you can oh, go. Really? Out, yeah, you can go out there. There's rats. There's probably king snakes at Piedmont Park. Hmm. People don't understand just how tolerant of urbanization some of these snakes can be and it's a death sentence for a lot of them but in the places that are protected and hang on you would be surprised at what you could find in your own backyard yeah i mean despite what we've done to them some of them persist Mm -hmm. right yeah even where you'd least expect it yeah and and you know it kind of amazes me people don't know i think it's just unsure yeah you know but like you say it's an abstract concept for so many people yeah yeah but but you go to your nature center like you say or you go to the park with the pond, mm-hmm. and the park with the pond will have a turtle, Nerodia. and a frog, and a, and a Nerodia, and so there you go. And it, at least in Atlanta, almost certainly king snakes. There are king snakes everywhere here. It's just finding them that's difficult because of their nature. So yeah, I hear people say all the time, "I don't have king snakes in my yard," and a lot of the time they're just not seeing them. 
There, granted, yeah. there are plenty of places where there aren't king snakes, and there's plenty of places that used to have king snakes where they're suddenly gone. But I think they're so secretive that a lot of people just overlook the possibility that they could even be there. So if you've got a backyard that backs up to a little green belt in Decatur or like a fairly urban part of Atlanta, and you throw a piece of tin on the edge of your backyard in the green belt, that's how you're going to find a king snake. You're not yeah. going to find your king snake, you know, going on a walk. You could. Yeah. You could. You always could, but there's a lot more luck involved. Right. So look for uh, crap on the side of the road. <laughs> yep. And especially, like, if you have a backyard, take full advantage of it. You yeah. would be you would be shocked to find out. And I'm speaking mostly to, to Georgia people because I know there's lots of places where there just isn't that much diversity in the city. Yeah. Um, but here, you would be surprised. So this, this, there's enough parks and enough uh, habitat remaining that uh, you, like you have stuff in your yard, right? Yeah. Uh, you well, have, I live out in the country. So oh, you do live out yeah, in the country. Yeah, we, okay. we, we live on 6.8 acres or something okay. out in the country. So, but with that being said, there, you see it in the Georgia snake ID groups all the time. I live in, you know, this, this neighborhood in Decatur that backs up to a creek and you look at it on satellite and it's just this little strip of trees and the backyards, and that is enough for even king snakes. Hmm. And I don't think a lot of the people that 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 think that they they don't have access to snakes realize how much lives in their their own backyard. Yeah, and they may have walked by them. You know, another thing is I think about people who walk by snakes. Yeah, it happens all the time. It happens every day. People are they come to this park and they jog and they jog right by. Oh yeah, a basking rattlesnake and they don't see it. It do- doesn't move because it doesn't need to move, but. Uh, that happens all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. If people, it's just outside their frame of reference, maybe. Yeah. But and it, it's just it, like like we've said over and over again. It's just so abstract. You can't expect anyone to know these things without being told. Because yeah. even herpers, there's lots of herpers that don't understand the degree to which some of these snakes are fossorial and rarely surface. Like a king snake. Yeah, exactly. Like we found a king snake today under a rock after walking around for what five hours. Yeah five hours of walking on a, a, a sunny spring day. Yeah. And we did not see a single snake out today, but that king snake was- We did was, get the queen snake. Oh, uh, yeah. I stand so corrected. we saw one, yeah, but I it, think. But it was doing what a queen snake does best, yeah. looking like a stick on the edge of the water. But the, the king snake was very cold. It, yep. was, it was, you know, obviously spending a lot of time uh, under that rock and, you know, they do come up for various reasons, but they, you know, you look at the shape of a king snake's head, it spends a lot of time in the ground too, so- now I know we we talked a little bit about uh, Herp Mapper today. We talked yep. in, off cam, uh, off camera and off mic. We talked about Herp Mapper today, and we talked about iNaturalist today. And and you've tried to get or you you this is an element you bring into your videos too is the idea of people collecting data to help protect the animals and uh, to you know make sure they've got a future, make sure that they're. Their conservation needs are being yeah. met. And, and it's uh, definitely something I want to do way more of going forward. Is that something you you're you did in the past or you just this is something you're ramping up now? It's or? something I'm ramping up now for the most part, just because when I started doing this, I was a lot younger and I feel like I've matured to the point where I understand just how important this citizen science data can be. And also how important it can be that that data is kept secure. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we did talk about that again yeah. today. So, uh, and and you, we talked a little bit about Herp Mapper on one of your on it'll be on one of your videos. So that that was cool. Thank you for that. Um, but I, I think that's that's good because I, I 
not necessarily, not just because people need to be thinking about, well, I need to record some things, but it also just gets people thinking about a different picture. Yeah. Uh, a picture of, well, these things need land or they need space or they need a habitat. Yeah. You know, and it starts expanding what people think about. It's not just the, the cool, shiny thing that you found under a rock. Now it's like, oh, you know, this animal has requirements. It has needs in terms of being protected and uh, or maybe just the, the fact that we need you to leave these hundred acres right here and don't do a darn thing with them. And yep. this, this animal will be fine, but it does require that kind of action. And sometimes the action it requires is inaction. Don't do a thing, right? Yep. So that's something that you're paying a little more attention to these days. Yeah. And it, it stems, I think it comes back around to what I've been saying this the last few minutes about the king snakes in their backyards. Because... I, th- I just don't think a lot of people realize how important their backyard is for those urban populations of king snakes because there's nowhere for them to go besides the green belt and your yard and your neighbor's yards. And to understand that, I think, would garner more appreciation for that okay. and what you have on your one-acre lot in the city. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, you, you're saving the snakes one yard at a time then. Yep. All right. And, and really, that's... That's the whole premise of, of all of this is to, to convince people that their opinion about snakes can change and that they can actually make change if they, they yes. come around to the fact that, that snakes are important and that, that they need to be conserved rather than destroyed. Yeah. But it's tricky. You can't preach. Yeah. No. And, and that's why that's my biggest my biggest thing is I think just exposure to it, just seeing that there are people out there that, that don't kill snakes. They see yeah. because a lot of people don't even know that <laughs> we're our bunch of weirdos, aren't we? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it reflects in the YouTube comments because you see yeah. you get a okay. lot of the uh, when I was a boy type. Oh, types. OK. And where I'm from. Oh, we don't do that. Yeah. Where I'm from, we kill exactly. everyone we see. Okay. So. There's a real easy way to, it's not easy at all, but there's a pretty straightforward way to fixing that. And it's exposing those people's kids to the fact that there are alternate realities out there where that's not how everybody deals with, with something they don't understand. In fact, it's not normal to deal with something you don't understand by killing it. Well, yeah. Hey. Somebody's seen two, the Fast and Furious movies. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's like some people are a lost cause, but they're kids. Yeah, exactly. You can educate their kids. <laughs> and their kids are the ones that are probably have a, a phone in their hand and access to the internet. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's no point in you know, just going in circles arguing with them. Yeah, uh, and there's def- you know. it's very easy to, to recognize those brick wall types. Yeah. Very yeah. easy. And so. just avoid, there's no reason to even acknowledge their existence. Right. But, you know, if your kid wants to talk to you about snakes or whatever. Which they do. Yeah. Almost every kid on the on the planet is curious, yeah. at the very least, about yeah. animals in general. Yeah. And, and, you know, the snake thing is, you know, the snakes are kind of polarizing sometimes. But but other things, like, like a turtle. Who doesn't yeah. like a turtle? Or a salamander. Yeah. I mean, kind of hard to find kids who run screaming from turtles or yeah. or a salamander or a frog, you know. So I found it's yeah. hard to find kids that run screaming from snakes. I yeah. actually okay. All right. for 
it was two or three years I taught six the sixth graders that my mom's a teacher and I uh-huh. taught I would come in and and teach the entire sixth grade of the school a uh, snake class and I would basically just tell them about what the what the venomous snakes we have in Georgia are uh-huh. and then I would give them an opportunity to hold a snake yeah and there were I can think of one kid off the top of my head and probably 300 that wow. that did not want to hold or at least touch or at least be curious and just wanted to stand in the back and hide basically. Okay. Hmm. It won. <laughs> and granted, amazing. there's a lot of people out there who have done, have done a lot more of that than I have. But from my relatively small sample size, I've found kids to be incredibly receptive to, to learning. Yeah. About snakes. I can remember when I used to do those and the, and the teachers would be like all screwed up, you know, like. Exactly. Ee, ee. And then, you know, they'd kind of be shamed into touching it because the whole class would. <laughs> yeah, the, all the kids are over there like, Mrs. Johnson, aren't you going to touch the snake? <laughs> you know, and of course, then she has to. Yeah, so. she has to. She doesn't have yeah. a choice. <laughs> so I was think that's funny, but uh, it, it kind of illustrates the point that. Young minds can be reached yep. a lot easier, and we're not talking about brainwashing people or anything. No, we're just talking just about education. It's education, it's so. literally, it's the same thing you're taught in biology class, but on a more specific level. Yeah, um, yeah, a more personal level. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what else we need to cover. We've covered your fan base and your videos, and you're going to keep bringing these things out and 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 uh, continuing for the near future. Do you do you hope to expand your audience uh, in in different ways? Is there something else you think you you want to do with them? Or um, I'm really I'm really content with with the whole YouTube thing. I think it's a really good platform for me and uh, what I enjoy doing and what I think is most effective in this time time frame or time period we live in, where so many people are are looking at the internet rather than mainstream media and. It's also, there's an annul right there. I just herped while on the So Much Pingle podcast. Do you see oh, it? Oh, wow. Where's it at? <laughs> it's on that, that branch over there, the, the one that's kind of coming up and then going back down, like the closest log to us. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Is that a first? Have you had a herp I, on I the podcast? I think that's yet? our first. No, no. Well, we, ha- we had one in Peru before we started. We found a frog. Oh, okay. This is the first one in the middle of the show. Awesome. So. Excellent work. (laughs) So what were we talking about? (laughs) Um, Oh, the future and... and, uh, Yeah, as long as YouTube remains, you know, relatively the way it is now and not doesn't go down some horrible path of I don't even know what, but you never know in this day and age. So Something else will come along, though. As long as YouTube is is still around and and doesn't fundamentally change for the worse... um, I'll be making videos. So okay, and I do want to point out too that you know we talk about making videos. It's not just about pushing the start button and pushing the stop button. Uh, you do a lot of video editing. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, probably more video editing than anyone would care to realize. Yep. There's a lot to this, and you've you've had to learn some interesting skills to to put all this together. It's not just a uh, uh, a, a simple thing you you get to do and voila, a miracle occurs and you've got a video. So there's work to be done. Yeah. And even the most simple video editing can be excruciatingly annoying, um, especially if you use Adobe Premiere like I do. It just, <sighs> whew. Yeah. <laughs> whew. I've done a couple projects in Premiere, and it's tough. It's rough. It's it's not an easy tool. I I, I use Adobe Audition for the, for the show, which yeah. is... 
Uh, a little complicated, but when I when I open up Premiere to do some kind of project, it's like wow. Yeah, and and the biggest issues I have with Premiere are are not even, and this could be partial. This could be user error, but I have the hardest time getting my videos to export when I'm done editing them. It's it's just one one troubleshooting after the other. It's it's really a pain, and mm. and I've been actually considering trying to find a new video editing software because of it, but... You mean like export to YouTube or... No, to my... Well, I export to, to my desktop and then to oh, YouTube. Oh, okay. Uh, mm. Mostly because every once in a while I'll export and it'll just randomly export half the video and say it exported the whole video. And I've had that happen and then Ew. uploaded it to YouTube without realizing I uploaded a half of a video. Okay, well, if you're an audio engineer out there and you're listening to this and you're familiar with Adobe Premiere and you have any kind of solution here for Noah, uh, get in touch with the show and we'll we'll get you two together. Yeah, I, I'm editing on PC and I shoot on iPhone, if, if that's oh, relevant wow. information. Okay. But, and there's, there's so much compatibility issues between shooting on iPhone. I think that's the biggest issue really is that mm. I shoot on these weird, these weird file types that iPhone uses. Like yeah. your iPhone is default. It defaults to a, a certain video type that just doesn't work on PC. So I edit on a PC and shoot on my iPhone. And several times I've, I've recorded an entire video and gone on an entire herping trip and forgot to switch my file type back to the most compatible. Uh -oh. And yeah, so I get home and realize that all of the video that I recorded on my week-long road trip is in the wrong file type, and I'm going to have to either edit on my Mac or scrap it. And oh, boy. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, I have a lot to learn still, obviously. So Yeah. That is the most frustrating part about this. But you're far. still having fun, right? Yeah, and I enjoy video editing. That's the thing. Like, if, if you took out the complications, I would enjoy every minute of it. Okay. I love, like, it's almost like what I told Mike earlier. It's like reviewing my field notes almost because I, yeah. I sit down and I get to relive the highlights from last week. Yeah, let's like, you know, editing my photos in Photoshop. You yeah. Know, you do it while watching some mindless television program. I didn't say YouTube show. Uh, <laughs> some but, mindless herping channel yeah. on YouTube. Um, but, it, you know, it's one of those things you kind of go into a translate state. and, yeah. and um it doesn't even feel like work, honestly, until yeah. I have to export the video. That's when it starts oh, feeling like okay. work. <laughs> I can't help you there, brother. Yeah. I think only I can help myself with that by <laughs> actually sitting down and figuring out what is causing the problem, but. Well, anybody you want to shout out to before we. Shout out to the viewers, to everyone who's, who's given me this opportunity. Okay. So good. how many, how many viewers? I hit 190,000 this week. So 190,000. Yep. That's pretty amazing. Things are okay. picking up again after the winter lull. So. Okay. Got a lot, a lot of, a lot of hard work ahead of me this spring to, uh, continue trying to grow Well, that's the, the challenge too of, I mean, I, you know, obviously I, I have to keep putting out episodes to keep yeah. the thing rolling, but you, I mean, YouTube is the, the other name for YouTube is what have you done for me lately? Right. Yeah. So you, you kind of have to keep the people keep coming it back. It's, exactly. it's, I think it's a little rougher Definitely. for that, for, for what and, you're doing. So, and yeah, if I, if I take a week off it, that's a week of pay essentially. Ah, and, uh, okay. Yeah. Unless I have backlog videos and can export, you know, because if I want, if I want to actually have a vacation that doesn't involve, hmm. you know, yeah. working the entire time, which I've, I have not done yet since I started doing this. But you might like to. But yeah, I'd love to actually take a vacation <laughs> at some point and not go herping. But at the same time, I can't go somewhere that has cool herps and not herp. So I have to kind of, sure. you know, 
If I were to do something like that, though, I would have to get two or three weeks ahead on my videos. Okay. So you need like a spare video in your back pocket for vacation. Ideally five or six. Five <laughs> yeah. or six. Whew. Yeah. Okay. So I can take a week off and then get another, come back, film another week while I'm uh, uploading. See? Yeah. Okay. So well, you have to live in the future, just like you do. You were telling me earlier, yeah. you have to. Yeah. I'm always thinking six or you're seven. You're living five guests ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I didn't think that it was going to be that way. I don't know about you, but I, I didn't think that's how it was going to work. But. I didn't either, really. But at the same time, it it's become very apparent that that is how you have to make it work. And that's just it's your obligation as a content creator to to keep the content flowing. Well, you're in it now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for like, sure. What the heck did I do? <laughs> I've been loving every minute of it though. I mean, That's it, good. It's, it's definitely, it's not, it definitely has its ups and downs, but I wouldn't rather be, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Let's put it that way. Well, I like to hear that, you know, because it's, it's easy to love things that are easy. Yeah. It's hard to love things that are hard. Yeah. That, but that's more satisfactory. Words right? of advice right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting yeah. a life lesson at the table with this podcast, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'll send you a bill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Noah, thanks again for joining me on the show. Yeah. Um, and thanks for joining me on the show. Mike is actually, you know, a, a co co guest in the, uh, the, the video that okay. we filmed today. You'll get to see him being excited about the king snake we found and everything. This and isn't your first podcast, but that was my first. Well, YouTube not my video? first. It's, it'll be my first YouTube video, but I, I did some things way back in the day for like uh, pre YouTube type stuff. But yeah, yeah, this is my first YouTube video with a well, cool. with a YouTube content creator. So <laughs> I'm excited. So it's always weird addressing yourself as a content creator. Uh, yeah. And I'm not sure I like that phrase, but, yeah. uh, you know, there's, I, I, you know, like we talked about filmmaker or it's it, no matter what you say, it's just going to sound pretentious, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just not a good way to say that you make YouTube videos or have a podcast without just saying yeah. that you make YouTube videos or have a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again. Appreciate you coming out. Here. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks All for having me. That's it for episode 60. Thank you so much, Noah, for the great day in the field and for coming on the show. It was so much fun. And folks, please check out the show notes for links to the NKF Herping channel and to Noah's social media handles. Thanks, as always, to all of the patrons who support so much Pingle. And if you would like to kick in a few bucks to help support the show, you can do so via Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash so much Pingle. And so much Pingle is all one word. And you can make one-time contributions via PayPal or Venmo. Just drop me an email to somuchpingle at gmail.com for more details. And don't forget that you can find all of the recorded episodes and show notes at somuchpingle.com. And you can join the So Much Pingle Facebook group to follow the show and interact with me and some of my guests. And last but not least, you can reach me directly via email at somuchpingle at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And until we meet again, please take good care of yourselves and don't forget to hurt better.